I'm Scott Blakeman getting through this in New York City. And I'm Tom Saunders in Los Angeles, where we watch cable news seven days a week, and it makes us aware of a problem other podcasts fear to tackle. Scotty, pundits who, de- who don't get called on enough, right? Pundits on TV news shows are now in isolation due to our troubling times and appear with the host in separate boxes on the screen, like the opening credits of The Brady Bunch. We've become used to this now. And we now know that pundits have been told to stare at the camera at all times, which is a problem when they're not called on enough. Sometimes the host will be more interested in a back and forth between two pundits with different views, while a third pundit must sit patiently staring at the camera. Some tips for pundits. If you don't get called on repeatedly, don't let your face reveal how weird you feel when someone seemingly more important is encouraged to talk. And when you finally are called on, don't smile with obvious relief and pride. Pundits' private drama is distracting to we viewers who desire only your wisdom, savvy, and your insight. Well, Tommy, uh, as a pundit who has been forced to stare at the camera while seething inside about my debate opponent's filibuster and his baseless assertions and accusations, I think, well, I think we should go ahead and abolish the multi-pundit screen. I mean, first, uh, we should abolish the Electoral College and then uh, abolish the multi-pundit screen and go back to the days of one pundit, one screen. And I could picture pundits marching in our cities with that phrase on their placards as they rhythmically chant, one pundit, one screen, one pundit, one screen. <laughs> one, two, three, four, or something like that. You know, those yeah. kind of things. Like, uh, um, yeah, one pundit, one screen. Yeah, I, I could see that. A, a, a march of probably, I mean, when you add all the pundits together, it'd probably be about 120 people. Well, right. there's many, and, and but it, it <laughs> is a, funny the march of a, of the pundits, uh, and yeah. Maybe all of them, all of the pundits together. I mean, how many are there? Do we really? Well, the regular the ones are the total number of pundits. Well, that's a good thing to check. Of course, we have, but the... but, but, but we can do speculative data collection, and I would say, uh, just throwing this out there, it would be in the three hundreds. Three hundreds of people who regularly appear, but then you have the freelancers or the you know ones like myself who. They'll call someone they're not on every day. So that could put it well into the thousands, really. Uh, but maybe only the core group of the uh, contracted people, they'll, they'll show up at the, at the rally. But again, Tom, it is true. It's, and, you know, when you have four people, six people on the screen, you can't help but think, uh, when am I going to get called on? Yeah. And uh, the old days, it was worse because you would have to get dressed, get up early, get on a subway, get into the, you know, get their weight, get them much earlier, get them to makeup. And then if you're with somebody, as happened to me many times, the guy doesn't shut up. You really feel like, what am I, why am I, why did I do this? When you're at home in your bedroom and you just walk three feet, there's less of a commitment, but nonetheless, oh, it's still irritating. But yeah, but people still look very awkward if they're not the first one. I mean, we, I can't overstate the awkwardness of being the last pundit the host chooses to talk to either even and, and now you're saying actually it's even worse when you're in perfs in person and that actually our current uh uh pandemic situation uh with people being uh, with pundits staying at home doing their punditry uh, at a safe distance from everyone else um that actually is less awkward because you have you're not sitting there thinking i i got on the subway i took a ca- or or you know, I even took a cab to get there. 
and I dressed up and I took a shower and I shaved. Yeah. And now I'm not being called on. Uh, right. Well, 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 I will say that there's some of it is still there, but it's different. Obviously, the hour and a half of travel or whatever it was, 20 minutes is not factored in. Uh, but but I have to say there have been many times that when I did the Newsmax or the, as the liberal on a conservative news network, I would show it in my face sometimes. And finally, the last time I appeared, uh, it was this guy who was a congressman at one point. He was a dean at Liberty University. Uh, and he was saying things that irritated me so much. And he kept on going. And I showed it in my face. Not only did I show it in my face, I kind of stood up. I didn't stand up. <laughs> kind of, you know, you lift, you're sitting down, but you kind of raise your torso and like, ah. Because I did that and I was never called on again. So, oh my God, could, could that have been it? So, a cautionary tale to you, budding pundits don't lift up, don't lift up and don't breathe and you stand know, up because then you're then it's it's this weird thing of where we just see your torso because that your your camera stays put, it stays, yeah. it doesn't follow you as no. you rise. Uh, uh, wow, what good advice for young pundits. Um, yeah, yeah, from there. the trenches. Yeah. Who but, are, who, yeah, I mean, from, from somebody who's actually been a real grizzled veteran uh, <laughs> of the punditry circuit. Um, wow, this is this. Uh, yeah, I mean, I never thought that you would. But I can imagine you just winding up and, or else pounding the table and causing your iPad to go vibrating all over the place. Well, I pounded in person. I, I'd actually I never pounded. But I did lean, and we talked about this on an earlier episode once, the one pitfall of the Zoom and doing the computer, if you lean in, you're this out-of-focus, blurry maniac. <laughs> you know, And if you lean in in a studio, it's like, okay, he's making a point. But when you lean in there, and I saw it, and I was part of it, you're, you're deranged. And also your voice gets muffled and siren-y, and, and you're a blur, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, scary. Yeah. It's a Halloween tale, really. Right. And, and I think we, we let's just uh, and I mean, you know, this is almost a, a legal note uh, for pundits everywhere. Don't, obviously, um, uh, don't uh, go the Jeffrey Tubin route. Uh, let me just put it. Oh, that way. well, yeah, it goes without saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, 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 yeah but, well, you know, as you say, it goes without saying. Usually if it goes yeah. without saying, then people just stop talking. <laughs> exactly right and then right as we pointed out in previous podcasts if yeah you, what, what you should say is it goes without saying and that's it and, and then, then you, don't say anything and you step out for a while and step back <laughs> and talk about something else now of course you could take it one step further the whole school thought is if it goes without saying then how about never saying it yeah <laughs> not even yeah not even ever saying that it goes without well that then you get rid of a fine old old cliche of it goes without saying in a way aren't we kind of making it's a cliche that's that in a sense eats its own tail it it destroy it's it destroys itself if you say yeah. it goes without saying and you stop saying things then do you really need the the, the and, and i think you're raising this point scotty yeah. if i understand you correctly yes. do we really need the cliche it goes without saying uh, at all yeah unless say it goes without saying well exactly it seems like you know again we're the only ones who revisit these cliches people accept it uh you could rephrase it redo it and say uh do you think this would goes without saying and if you offer it as a question and then, then you know but then it's not no a, but then it, then yeah cliche. then you invite a lively discussion of whether it goes without saying or not yeah uh, uh but when you declare something goes without saying and then you go ahead and say it you're you're the biggest hypocrite. Uh, uh, I would go further and 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 I don't like using the word this word, but 
really, if, if you say it goes without saying, and then you say what it is that goes without saying, you're a dodo. And I, I, but, again, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't like using words like that, but I don't know what else. To well, I don't know. That is a case just like fragile. There's no better word to describe that as than dodo. Uh, one thing I was going to say, um, uh, it also here's another expression. Uh, this next performer needs no introduction. Yeah. Now. And so but, but very often they still give an introduction or they're saying he needs no introduction. Why not just say, ladies and gentlemen, the name. And this yeah. is something, a show business thing that's, you know, it's part of the lore of show business. And I say, if you're going to say this next performer needs no introduction, go right into the name. Yep. Scotty, uh, yeah. I think that's that's amazing. Like, don't even say this next performer. Just say the name. Say the name. Gentleman yeah. Howard Stern. I mean, that was the last time when, when uh, David Letterman said this next person needs no introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, Howard Stern. Yeah, uh, this was a very famous thing. And that led to this show. David Letterman's uh, "This Next Person Needs No Introduction" or something like that. Oh that yes, that's right. Title yeah, of the yeah, show. It was yeah. from that that moment. Really, Scotty. Well, again, this is speculative television history. Uh, well, it, it sounds I, like I'm you're sitting couldn't. in an armchair, so I feel like I can. Well, you know, yeah, you're not a quarterback, you're but you're an armchair. Uh, <laughs> right. Everything else, but Tommy, I was also thinking the gravity of what we've just done in the first nine minutes. And because we're so eager to go on to talk about so many things, but we've yeah. effectively, and this is unprecedented, I don't have to say that, but I did want to say uh, that we've taken on two heavyweight. I mean, these are big deal cliches we're talking about, Tommy. I mean, it, it goes without saying and, and yeah. this next stack needs no introduction. I mean, these are, yeah. this isn't like some Johnny come lately cliche. These are the heavyweights. <laughs> we're saying, we're saying, hey, that's it. I mean, we, yeah. they, we don't need them. We really no, don't we don't need them. Let's get rid of them. And, and these are big boys, too. Yeah. And they're oh, going to yeah. strike back. They're going to bite back. Well, they've got a big lobby. They've got a big lobby. A lot of people who, who are, uh, uh, goes without saying people, who, uh, who, who are the type of people who then, you know, and they resent being called dodos. And, and that's, that's, the, that's why I worry about using that term, because these people say, hey, no, we say it goes without saying, and then we say it. But that doesn't make us dodos. You know, you've got those people. What do you right. what do you say to those people? Well, because they, they consider themselves academics. That's that's in a sense. Yes, it goes without saying does have that academic ring and you're so literate. But what you're doing is wasting time. Yeah. You know, that's well, all there valuable. Is. Time. And what's more yeah. valuable than time, Scott? Oh, you can't even put a price not... tag on it. Uh, time. Yeah. I mean, you could, but uh, then they might have a sale or, you know, somebody yeah, might question no, no. it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, okay. So, all right. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm sort of, um, it's, I'm almost giddy with excitement because I did not wake up this morning thinking that we were going to vanquish two of the most major, major cliches uh, that uh, 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 currently infecting people's uh, conversation. Um, that, <laughs> that, that's a, that's kind of a, it's humbling, Scotty, to, to. Uh, realize that what, what we've done just, well, here it's still this morning, you know, like we, we talk about uh, how the U.S. Army Rangers do so many things before they even have breakfast. Yeah, before 9 a.m., but it's the Before 9 a.m. Yeah. Wait, yeah. do they have breakfast yet? or how well, I would hope so. A good hearty breakfast is important <laughs> for any military or any other kind of service. Yeah. So, yeah. No, but it's I, just before 9 a.m., that's all. Yeah, but they probably get up at 6, so they have a well, nice hearty breakfast. Do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hearty breakfast, and then 
and then it's it's jumping over logs and crawling <laughs> under logs and because those are the things that come up carrying logs yeah there's a lot of log things that i don't know they probably say oh when is this going to happen in a real war you know like with <laughs> like algebra what are we ever going to need to right, know this right. in real life and they don't really but no it's no screening ground for them and uh <laughs> yeah it's just but, it's been around log you know kind of log combat has just you know it's sort of grandfathered into the whole uh, <laughs> yeah you system. just they always yeah. say, well, it's good to know it. And you never know. That's how they get around it. You know, it's like but, Latin. It'll help your English. Latin <laughs> yeah. supposedly helps you speak English better for some reason. Wow. That's what they well, used to say. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's interesting because uh, Latin is so much a part of our language that by learning Latin, well, you'll be able to speak English. Why not just take English is my question. Yeah, go, go to the source. Go to the source. Uh, yeah, Scott. go right to English. Yeah. Uh, you know, Tommy. Well, yeah, go ahead. You know, we were just talking about time and, and, and saving time and these cliches, wasting time. And we didn't plan this. Now, most people are listeners. When we say that, they roll their eyes or giggle or nudge their, their friend. Uh, oh, they must have this color-coded chart and this whole PowerPoint thing. Every, everything leads them. But no, last night, we set our clocks back, Tommy. We, so to speak... Uh, gained an hour. And actually, I literally did gain an hour uh, of sleep because I would have gotten up an hour. I wanted to get up at nine and yeah. got up at nine and that became eight hours and not seven, which it would have been in the old days. So uh, we're very much about time. And we very much about time. how much is time worth? Well, mm -hmm. you know, it's what, how much is an hour worth? It's a lot, really. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I realize now I, I woke up Early, I woke up uh, uh, what I thought was an hour early. I thought, what's wrong with me? I woke up. But what happens is our clocks, you know, the clocks that we use are the ones on our phone or our iPad. Yeah. Or, uh, 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 um, and, and those correct themselves automatically. They change to fit yeah, the, yeah. the schedule. The box. The clock in the, in, in, yeah. in the car today, well, I looked at it, Scotty, and I says to myself, because I'm driving off to get bagels. Uh, Wexford, yeah. by the way, was closed. Shocking. Oh. On a Sunday, uh, wow. Yeah, well, um, we don't know what's going on over there. But uh, I looked at the clock. I, I says to myself, wow, it's 9 o'clock already? Well, no, it wasn't. That was the one clock in my life that doesn't automatically change, Scotty. Everything well, that, you know what? Automatically you know, changes now. You know, I've, I've spoken to time scholars, and they say it's always good when you change the time to have one clock that has not, doesn't automatically change because you have that moment. In this case... You gain, you, oh, no, it's really uh, 8 o'clock. That's the good side. Now, of course, on the flip side in the spring, what we're all looking forward to, uh, it would be a little different, you know, because you're going uh, springing ahead. The spring the spring was, it was always the bonus that you got uh, in the fall that because things were going to get cold, you had to go back to school, uh, uh, leaves fall from the trees, snow, biting wind. The one little little um plus the little little tiny tiny micro piece of silver in the big huge uh you know awfulness of winter was that extra hour that you could stay in bed yeah sleep just on that on that one day that's the one good thing about winter when you live in the north uh, yeah yeah uh, just as, the, as we grew up in that one hour and yeah. then what i always tell our, our listeners or just people in general um is that, you know, we are getting to that time starting tonight, you know, here and, and around, you know, at some point around 4.30, it gets dark, which is, is, you know, I'm not looking forward to that. But what I always tell people don't believe this, but it's true. December 21st, Tommy, or the 22nd, 
He may not think that's a big day. Well, no. it's certainly not Christmas yet. <laughs> Hold your horses. You'll get your presents. <laughs> no, it's just a day, December 1st, 22nd. But that's the day when after that, the days get longer yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. In the middle of dead of winter, freezing winter with her <laughs> swirling snow, that's when it light starts. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, it starts. That, that's right. The, the, the first glimmer of the light at the other end of the tunnel. Yeah. Scotty. That's so true. And you you were the one, I remember this, Scotty, you were the first, the trailblazer on this, where you made that day, the twenty, the, the 23rd or 22nd, what was it, of, of December? I think the 21st or 22nd. 21st, 21st yeah. of December, because, uh, uh, as this magical, well, you might call it the, the super hump day, but it is a hump day where you you go, and I, I don't love that term, hump day, Scotty. Uh, no. Uh, but no. let's just say it's the, it's the tipping point. It's the yeah. point where you round the bend and you start to see on the walls of the tunnel just a glimmer of the light that is far, far, still far in the distance, but will, is on its way. You, yeah, yeah. And the days will grow longer with every, with every, uh, with every passing day, Scotty. Well, what a wonderful, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, I didn't even know what that's called. What, what is it well, called when you do something like that? Well, Obviously, it it's something that affects us all, and we yeah, can be yeah. grateful to you for having made this realization. But well, I would put it in our category of you know looking for the silver lining, and in fact, Tommy, silver liningism. I, I would silver liningism, yeah, and the process, yeah, because actually, you know, from November to today to December twenty first is not a lot of time. Is less than uh, you know, it's not that bad. What I was six no, weeks like that, no, but from December twenty first. All the way through the glorious days of summer are many, 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 many months. Read every day a little lighter, stays lighter, darker, light, lighter, later. That is pretty amazing. That is magical days, Tommy. 8 30, or actually, in on my teen tour when I was 15, we went to Glacier National Park in the summer where it was light at 10 30 p.m. And also, Tommy, if you've been in London town, yes, I have experienced the same uh, feeling. It's amazing to me that that, that that when that happened, when I was in London and, and it was still light out at 10 30, and I thought, no. why haven't they, why, why don't we know this fact? Uh, shouldn't Dickens have written? And yes, <laughs> Polly Whittle said, Thank heavens it's still light out after all it's <laughs> like ne- it was nope. never any any Dickens completely missed he ignored like, that Shakespeare, and I don't think he really never did a whole it. play about it he, yeah, he should have easily yeah, yeah. Uh, well and London is on our I thought on our longitude latitude and why don't we you know and, and you hear Glacier National Park you may hear other far-flung yeah that I don't London. get but but London is actually f- higher up above our latitude it's really on yeah. the more of the latitude of Vancouver maybe even higher than that oh. it, it, it's it, um check it out it's actually pretty high and the reason it's warm is because of the that Gulf Stream that yeah. uh, so anyway Scotty well we're looking forward to that and, yeah. and we'll get through this uh, with us getting through these uh, next six weeks of you know yes it gets dark early but know that it's going to get better soon we'll, we'll get through this we'll, 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 yeah, yeah. we'll be here for all of you because uh, we're going through the same thing uh, the, yeah. the, the darkness the incipient darkness I think that's the right word incipient uh, is is yes it's it's um, yeah, it's well, not, we'll, we'll be there with but you. But we'll be uh, there with you. It affects and, us, too. As well. And Tommy, you know, one way people say to us, we get telegrams from people, you know, hey, how stop do we fight stop this winter blaze? <laughs> and I say, well, head to the kitchen. What? Yep. Well, I'm certainly I can laugh. I'm certainly not a Julia Child or even a Rachel Ray. Well, but Tommy, Scotty, I, uh, Scotty, yeah. before you 
charge in there. And I, yeah. I have heard the word on the street, Scotty, is that there is a new addition to the Blakeman household. Well, that is exactly what I was going to get to. And no, 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 it's not a, a youngin uh, of any kind. No, but it's a actually it's something that will help me get through these uh, few months, something I haven't had or used for over 10 years time. Yes, a new toaster oven. Yes, that's right, Scott. You now have a new toaster oven. Now, our listeners may recall, Tommy, when I excited to reveal that my refrigerator in the new apartment was the first one I've had to dispenses filtered water as well as crushed and cubed ice. Scotty, I don't, I don't think any of us will forget that podcast. Oh, when you well, revealed that your, your new life, actually, when you bravely stormed the, the walls of Manhattan yes. and decided, heck no, I'm, I'm not abandoning this ship. I'm going to captain this place. And you did. You took a, an apartment uh, right. and, uh, and, and it had a refrigerator that dispenses filtered water as well as crushed ice. Yes. And, and I must say that, you know, I was, and I was amazed by that. And we are amazed by things. And, and gosh, if you can't be amazed by a refrigerator, by, it's not a brand new one. It's not a stainless steel, but it's got those features. The door closes kind of automatically. You don't have to kind of worry, did it close? So that's amazing. So that would be amazing enough to get us through these winter months and beyond. But Tommy, Tommy, well, <laughs> yesterday my new toaster oven arrived. And while it's a budget model, to me, it is if I purchased a high-end product that only millionaires could afford because this Hamilton Beach beauty shines with gleaming silver and glass and features a space age door that rolls back to save space and for easy reach. And Ooh. now, and plus, have you used it? Well, yes, Tommy. Took me two days to get it out of the box. I always wait with procrastinators, but I did. And then I nervously put it to the test. It expertly and evenly toasted two frozen pieces of Whole Foods 365 brand multi-grain bread. Now, over the coming years, Tommy, this compact yet full-featured machine will toast, bake, broil in a manner that will fill me with awe and appreciation every time. Oh, my gosh, Scotty. Yes, the toaster oven. It's <laughs> economical and space-saving. But what a multitasking workhorse. And Scotty, when it's Hamilton Beach, well, that's something that's more than just a part of the kitchen. It's part of the family. <laughs> Gleaming silver and glass says, hey, bread, come this way. And in minutes, you'll be toast. <laughs> and with its economic simplicity that hides some hot heating elements, Scotty, and it also says, bring your friends a single slice of frozen pizza, or as many as four hot dogs. And you know, Scotty, your biggest problem is going to be what to choose from, from the cornucopia of toastable edibles. Because, well, what can't you toast in a toaster oven today? And, and yet, Scotty, it's hard to believe, but there was a time when no one dared dream of a toaster that didn't just have two slots for a piece of toast. Yes. Scotty, I'm sure the first people in Brooklyn to have a toaster oven was suddenly the most popular family on the block. Oh, there were lines around the block waiting to get in. And, and this is interesting. You mentioned toaster, Tommy, because, uh, you know, my back when I was living back in the house in Brooklyn, there was a, a toaster that my parents used. Uh, but I hadn't used I had bought a toaster oven, I believe, 10 years ago, used it for a while, but hadn't used it in several years, deferring instead to a microwave oven. So I didn't think, uh, so I, I actually gave to Salvation Army my old toaster oven that had not been in use. And I, and I gave the toaster to wanting to start anew. 
And I was preparing to research toasters. And our friend and friend of the show, Betsy K. Dale, said, why just get a toaster? Why not get a toaster oven, which performs the duties of toast, as well as many other things. And I, I hesitated for some. I, I, I don't want to seem like I had it. I was on it right from the start. No, I said, I don't know. I want a toaster. And I don't use a toaster oven. But then I researched. And boy, was I glad, Tommy. <laughs> By the way, Tommy, it toasts. I don't want to be a braggadocio or something. <laughs> frat guy. But this baby toasts six, six slices of toast. Six, mind you. Six. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to have to, like, put out the calling cards to my floor in the building <laughs> to get some people to use it. But uh, and you're going to have to have a toast party, Scott. Well, exactly. Not right now, but that's <laughs> and, the first thing. And, do. And, and don't you dare not invite me, even though. Oh, no, you'll be number one on the list, Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I'm but yeah, uh, uh, clearly, Scotty, you, you, uh, your uh, our friend Betsy has has um, well, in a way, uh, she's. Uh, I don't know. Enabled you to go beyond the world of the of the of the toaster slotted toaster, right? Yeah. The, the yeah. toast slotted toaster. How how do you call that? It's sort of like there it used to be televisions. Used to be just TV, and until color TVs came along, and then it was TV. Was it a color TV or a black and white TV? People. Yeah. Worried about that, and then that that whole idea of a black and white TV kind of went away. And t- yeah, and no one says, "Hey, guy, I just bought a, a thirty-two inch color television." <laughs> Although it is more fun to say that because that's yeah. what it is. It's a color television, so it's be more fun. I love saying that. It would be nice to say, but no, <laughs> color TV, yeah, a color TV, like yeah. Well, we all have that. Oh, well, I know, but that's what it is. You know, <laughs> you know? and I lived yeah. in a day when you didn't yeah. have it. You know, so. Oh, I was excited when I got to oh. watch color TV. Oh, color. Wow. I, I, I felt very thrilled. It was a big, big thrill for me, color TV. Now, did and you have actually, a friend? I was close uh, up to it. And those oh. were in the days when NBC was the first network that did color. And they yeah. went crazy with color. And yeah. Get Smart would have all these different wild color schemes. And and Batman, too. Yeah, yeah. Batman, too. Yeah. All, all, well, that was ABC. Anyway. Yes, yes. Um, let's be very, let's be very, specific. no, we want to be fair, but now Tommy, <laughs> did you have a friend who had, as I did, who broke the barrier first? Well, yeah. literally broke the color barrier. Yeah. Wow. Tommy, boy, what a fun play on words there. My great friend, uh, Bobby Shankoff, uh, uh, his, he had a color TV and it was unbelievable. And, and remember they'd say, the following programs brought to you in living color. And then yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? and, it, it, it was a, it was the peacock. People don't even yeah. know. Probably now, most people don't know what the peacock was is supposed to represent on NBC. Like, why does NBC have a peacock? And now they as call a, this as a logo. Series. People don't know that it was yeah. because it was the, the color network, the network in color, as peacocks have multicolored. Yeah, programs. yeah. Well, so also, NBC Tommy, had multicolored programming, and now. They've named their streaming service Peacock. Yeah, to come exactly. full circle. It's so completely it's a, lost its meaning, uh, yeah. its original. Uh, yeah. So, but fascinating, Scotty. I, I too. No, I would get very close. I would even look at the pixels really closely. Yeah. Because I was so excited. My aunt had color TV. I would just get put my face right up next to it, and then I would get kind of nauseous, and my brain would hurt. Well, actually, remember they would always say, "Don't get too close to the TV." Now, with whatever 
thing they have now, you can get close in it. And remember, you'd look on the side and it would be disoriented. Remember the old days of the projection TVs? It was it cost ten thousand dollars, but but if you were on the side, it looked ridiculous. It ridiculous, that absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. They were ex- they were multi thousand dollar television set. Those were the first high definition. Yeah, and they were and they were huge, like the old sets of the of your of nineteen forty nine. Oh. Enormous sets with a, a projection at the top, and it was dim if you unless you sat right directly in front <laughs> yeah. of it. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh my good. God, I can't yeah. believe we we survived that year. Oh, and people like not yeah, as you said, spent thousands and thousands for. So we well, this, yeah. we bring it up because we appreciate. So we're never. I never stopped appreciating this. We both, I believe, have thirty-two inch televisions. Oh, sure, we could get the sixty-fives in the eighties, but <laughs> no, York, we're well, thrilled know, with a thirty-two inch. Well, That's- in New York, I know, and I don't know what you have in. In the Palisades, but I have the no thing. same thing. It's not. It's not yeah. the big enormous one. Yeah, it's, it's worth, I'm thrilled with what I have based yeah. on what I used to, what I used to not have. But Scotty, uh, we talk about getting close to, uh, you know, getting clo- too close to the TV sets, and and you know, you're not supposed to do that. I'm not sure that that's still true with not, these, not anymore with these LCD. But I, but um, microwaves like because i wanted to 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 bring up the fact that i don't have a toaster oven but i have a microwave which i do really appreciate yeah imagine from frozen pizza slices to uh piping hot in a minute and a half yeah yeah you don't have to preheat it so uh, i'm i'm a big fan even though you're not supposed to get close up to the microwave however and that's because the microwave will microwave your brains. And that apparently yeah. is not a good thing. For some people, yeah. yeah. For some people. Some people yeah. object to, to their brains being microwaved. I, <clears throat> but toaster ovens, you can get up as close as you can. As long as you don't touch the heating element, you're fine. <laughs> right. And this has this great, as I mentioned, this roll of door, door, which kind of a roll top where it doesn't come out like most of them do that takes up space and it's a little hard to retrieve the food. It, it rolls up. So uh, it's easy to retrieve, but that's a good point. Tommy. I did think, why do I need a toaster oven? I have a microwave. While I was married, uh, uh, my wife didn't, uh, we, we eschewed microwaves and then I later got one and I was using that and really feeling this is the life. Well, you could do everything with it. But I'm told uh, um, that Betsy actually told us because she actually got me as a gift years ago, a microwave. So I very much appreciated it. But she also said, you know what? Some things like breaded chicken, you're better off putting in a toaster oven. Uh, Boy, did that change my life after my <laughs> you know? I mean, that one yeah. statement is like, wait a minute. I don't know everything. I don't see <laughs> everything. Uh, I need to learn. I need to yeah. listen. So I did, and now I have both. I'm a, I mean, took, I'm, uh, Tommy, maybe on paper I'm not a millionaire, but boy, do I feel like one. Wow, yeah. Scotty. And, and, and you know, um, <clears throat> if you feel like a millionaire, uh, what really is the difference between that and being a millionaire, actually? I mean, <laughs> and many millionaires. Less don't... taxes. You have much. Oh, much. <laughs> That's true. And people don't befriend me just. Because of my money. That's right. And that's but, that. you, but at the same time, you feel like a millionaire. So you've got yeah. all the advantages of being a millionaire without the taxing or the false friendships. <laughs> exactly. So this is for all you budding non-millionaires out there. <laughs> Don't or you, re- or you people who think that you need to be a millionaire to yeah. feel like a millionaire, a million no. dollars. I mean, you've heard the expression, I feel like a million bucks. That's all right? you need. Well, remember we mentioned this, the Rich Thrift Shop commercial, which I love. <laughs> 
I mean, I wish I could find, I'm going to look for that on YouTube. It's like 16 millimeter, very cheap, no sync sound. And it was this woman going into the subway. It was on 57th Street. And this woman with a mink stole is walking you know, down the subway steps. And they go, the announcer, goes, you look great. And, and very dubbed in, she goes, oh, thank you. And then they say, <laughs> they say you don't have to be a million to look like a Yes, I remember that commercial. Yeah. Well, thank you. And it was right, yeah, it was this bad uh, overdub, dubbed later. Yeah. Uh, in, in the studio. Uh, by the way, quick, a quick point, and, and obviously this is something we'll have to talk about in a future yes. uh, podcast because we're winding down now, but your, your overdubbing has reminded me of something that has absolutely nothing to do with anything we've been talking about except that it's fascinating. You know, all the Fellini movies, just as you thought. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you've ever watched Fellini, old Fellini movies from the 60s, you know, uh, yeah. uh, eight and a half, whatever they are, um, um, uh, you know, all the famous ones. I'm suddenly I'm escaping. Uh, Dolce Vita? Was that? Uh, yeah, yeah, Dolce Vita. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's, um, they're all dubbed afterwards. Like the, yeah. everything was filmed silently. And whatever they say, they later dub in the studio. And, that's, and it sounds like that. What are you doing? I don't, you know, even when they're speaking Italian. It yeah, yeah. Like they're, somebody dubbed in Italian. And that's because it was cheaper that way. It's just yeah. cheap. To, for it, that was how Italian movies were No, made. Uh, all of them, not just Fellini, all of them that time. Oh. No, when I heard that, I couldn't believe it. I guess Cinecita, Cinecita Studios, wherever they did it. But, I mean, they were ma magnificently done. And, and, uh, but I but think that I, would be I, hard. I got to say, I, it always was off-putting to me, uh, Fellini's sound. It always sounded fakey. And I, I'm, I'm, to this day, Scotty, this is a shocking revelation. And um, I hope my brother uh, isn't listening, but <laughs> I am not a Fellini fan. There, I What's said it? it. I said it, Scotty. No, no, no. And it's fine. I'm not well versed with Fellini. In fact, um, um, well, there's Antonioni and there's other great Italian filmmakers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen a lot of Fellini. Well, I've said Fellini. It's Fellini-esque. I've just said that. And I think you only need to see one movie to qualify to say that expression. So I, you I don't even need to one. see it. See any Fellini movies to say it's Fellini-esque, it turns out. But people say Kafka-esque all the time. And oh, right. they <laughs> down, did they read? What, which Kafka yes. they read? And they cam and they haw and they say er and ah a lot. Yeah, they go, which, well, yeah, what were your favorite Kafka? Um, <laughs> er, specifically, uh, er, uh, well, I didn't uh, read it. A specific Kafka, I just you know uh, read something. Wait, I, about if I had known that I was going to be tested. I would. Yeah, I would have. I mean, I'm going to. I'm just didn't you know get to it yet. But uh, got the Johnny Carson book then yeah. uh, Kafka. But um, but yeah, that's that that's it is true. And although I have to say, Tommy, before we go, the image in my mind when you said Fellini, well, it was La Dolce Vita and it was Anita Ekberg. Yes, Fountain. Uh, and as a youngster, uh, or really at any age, the well, uh, very just exciting. To, to yeah. that, uh, and that. didn't bother you that people sound, hey, I'm a you know, their, their voice sounded empty, <laughs> even though they were outside. Yeah, that well, I just thought she's in a fountain and it was this incredible <laughs> thing. And, and uh, so that that distracted me. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but but no longer now it's done. It's I guess the, the, the Italian films of today, they no longer do that. But well, I mean, we be uh, grateful for that fact that Italian yeah. films of today are no longer dubbed uh dubbed in after the uh you know after they shoot it so i mean this is again something that the other podcasts don't want to touch nobody wants to oh, no. say anything bad about italian uh 1960s italian cinema especially not fellini 
I went there, Scotty. Oh, you did, I mean, and uh, and we can go seamlessly from toaster ovens to Fellini, not <laughs> yeah. uh, not to miss a beat. That's uh, there know. was no seams. I heard no seams. No seams at all. No, no editing. No people must think, oh, we went back in the booth and had to really just uh, spend hours on this. But no, That's it right. was just seamlessly. So, well, Tommy, what an exhilarating uh, very Sunday, exhilarating. the very first Sunday setting the clocks. But but as yeah. we say to our listeners. Have no fear. It's December 21st or 22nd. We start heading towards the light and oh longer God. days. So I look, don't look forward to that day, Scotty. Oh, Thank yeah. You, really. Thanks. Well, it'll you. fly by as all these other uh, yeah. weeks are. So, uh, you know. Oh, that's good to know. That's yeah. Actually yeah. All right, Scotty. Well, on that note, I don't I can't think of any any better thing to say, Scotty, than I, I personally. I'm still going to be Tom Saunders. Well, and I can't uh, even top that. Uh, I'll merely just say I remain sincerely yours, Scott Blakeman, and we are getting through this.